0: Good morning, and welcome to Three Moves Ahead. I'm your host, Michael Hermes. Joining us is the founder and Pantocrator of Three Moves Ahead, (laughs) Troy Goodfellow. The what? The Pantocrator, the original deity that has left the lands of Dominion.
1: Oh, oh, okay, yes. Hi, everyone.
0: Excellent. Also joining us is freelance writer and noted demonologist Jonathan Bolding. Howdy, howdy. And finally, our very own Monolith, Dr. Bruce Garrick. Hello, gamers. (laughs) Tonight, this morning, I'm saying this morning because Rob always says tonight, we're going to be talking about Dominions Five Warriors of the Faith, the latest game in the cult series of uh, strategy games by Illwinter Games, and we're going to talk about what's new in the series, why we still continue to love it so much, and uh, how this entry iterates on what has come before it. So to get us started, Bruce, I'd like to talk to you because you are intimately familiar with the game, and we should probably put our disclaimers right up front Mm -hmm. uh, that you are personally involved with the project. Correct. Thus validating everyone's fears that we are bought and paid for by big strategy. Oh, the man. Uh, The man. Why don't you tell us about your your, your involvement with Winter Games? Uh,
2: So I've written the manual for the last three iterations. So Dominions 3, Dominions 4, Dominions 5. Uh, Dominions 3 was uh, in 2006. Mm Mm-hmm. So I guess I've been, uh, you know, actively in working uh, with Illwinter for the last 11 years, but um, I actually got involved around Dominions 2. I got Dominions 1—gosh, that must have been like 2001—and that really bounced off of me because um, I just couldn't quite understand what was going on, and I think at the time— uh, I was probably also playing Dark Age of Camelot, so uh, I wasn't really too worried about uh, Dominions. But then Dominions 2, I played and really liked, and uh, it seemed like a lot of people were having a, a lot of difficulty with it. And for some reason, I happened to um, to get pick it up pretty quickly, and I realized what people were having difficulties with. So I did a I did a walkthrough for the game. And Illwinter posted it, and I still got. I mean, I, I reviewed it for Computer Gaming World, um, but I've got, I've heard from so many people over the years uh, who are Dominion's uh, addicts uh, or fans. Let's just call them fans, who say things like, um, "I never would have played the series if uh, you hadn't had done that um, that walkthrough." Which uh, I don't know that that's true because I think in the uh, a lot of the things that Dominions did. Um, subsequently, that uh, Johan and Christopher, the the, the two uh, designers and developers, uh, did with the game with tooltips and sort of better interface, uh, solved a lot of the problems that I was trying to address with the sort of opacity of the game in the Dominions 2 incarnation. So um, I guess people may have uh, gotten into the game regardless of my walkthrough, but uh, I did the walkthrough, I I sort of became obsessed with uh, kind of documenting what was going on in the game and how it worked. And so I ended up writing the first manual, which that I did was Dominion's 3. And then I reprised that. Gosh, it was like uh, Dominion's 3 was 2006. And then um, Dominion's 4 was 2013. So that was seven years. And now it's only been four years since uh, Dominion's 4. It's now we've got Dominion's 5. So that's what I do. I I write the manual. (laughs)
0: And you do it well, and I would encourage oh, everyone. Um, the when I got the printed manual for Dominions Four, that was a, that was a watershed moment because there's something to be said for just having it right in front of you, be able to flip through the tables, the yep. spells, the different uh, the different groups. Um, with your knowledge of the series, for people who maybe aren't as familiar, can you give us a, a an overview of what the series is about and what the what the goal of the game is?
2: Well the goal of the game is very it's very straightforward. It's to uh present as realistically as possible uh a digital representation of the things that happened in the Dominions Times, uh for ah. players to uh to sort of, you know work with. Um the Dominions Times are a series of three ages. There's the early age, the middle age, and the late age, also called the eras. The this this the idea of the eras and the age. Those are interchangeable words that I think is hilarious that they've never been like sort of uh, completely, uh, you know, codified in um, in dominions that people just use them interchangeably, um, and those ages uh, are sort of periods of time in which these civilizations occurred, and the civilizations are similar to civilizations in the, you know, in any. So, sort of like civilization game but uh but they're they're fantasy civilizations and they have a a whole bunch of very specific very sort of evocative mythology that translates into gameplay and i think that that's the thing that uh people really like about the game is that uh christopher osterman who's the um who's i i guess the the I wouldn't want to call him the designer because they both design the game, but he he's he's a um I believe he has training in uh, in the history of religions. and he sort of creates these civilizations that have very very sophisticatedly themed um sort of historical religious overtones. Um, you know, you and 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 not just religious, but sort of cultural as well. Like there's a there's a myth- um, mythological. Yeah, yeah, but a myth, not. But they're not just mythological in the sense that you know you have. I mean, yes, mythological is a good word to use, but it's also you know that like the they have um, in the early, middle, and late age. There there are these. There's the uh, Rus, Van Rus, and Bogarus, which are are this these. Um, uh sort of manifestations of slavic civilization more specifically russian but um but very uh much a combination of sort of russian history and slavic myth and it, they, they really build it, it, there's really nothing like it in 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 fantasy gaming i think you know it's you've got the you know the cl- it's so far beyond the you know lizards who don't use vowels uh backstory that you get in you know <laughs> most other games um i mean they're tre- they're tremendously sophisticated you know there's the uh, the mayan concept of Shibalba and the underworld that is a new um it's a new um uh civilization in dominions five um it's just it the reason i think the game, is so distinctive is that that's what you know what's Christopher has done and then Johan who I think is the main programmer on it uh Johan is uh very much uh, he he's a genius at um creating a very particular world so there's all these things that are going it's a very detailed world and I think that that speaks to what gamers really want which is they can sort of lose themselves in this in this other it's this this alternate reality um which just happens to be uh so meticulously i think meticulous is a good word to use if it's meticulously mm-hmm. uh, sort of built and each nation has all these different you know creatures and 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 possibilities for spells and and magic and 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 combat that you sort of explore the game through these civilizations, and there are so many of them that the game almost seems like this infinite, this, this infinite world you can explore. You're exploring it just by playing it, which, which is something that I really haven't experienced in many, in many other games.
0: Yeah, and, and all of this, this rich tapestry sort of is the overlay for um, fairly deep strategic and tactical challenges uh, Turn-based strategy. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not quite. I wouldn't call it a 4x. No, um, it's not. It's. it's not. It's. Uh, it's not really a civilization-like game. No, um, I do use the.
2: I did use Civilization. You're right, exactly. But it is not a Civ game.
0: It's. Uh, it's. It's. It's unique. It's something mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it it rewards going very deep into the systems, whereby uh, you form armies, you build your troops, uh, you 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 do combat you script the spells that your mages are going to cast you direct the uh schools of magic that you're going to study and all of it gives you a very good sense of ownership for the civilization or the the culture that you've adopted and i think you're right i think that's a big part of why people enjoy this game because there's there's i mean even just the flavor text i mean you know reading the unit summary or the descriptions of each unit uh, is a joy in this game because the yes. little bits of fiction and lore are, are just woven into every little nook and cranny of of everything, even even the magical items that you can give um are just oozing with characters. So yeah,
2: yeah a, I agree. it's very it's 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 so different from the standard sort of, okay, we're a you know, we game developer and we're gonna make a fantasy game and let's hire a writer to do um let's hire a writer to do our you know backstory and our you know our setting the lore right it's 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 so far beyond
0: that it's it's just it's just uh it's not comparable and and i think that that we'll get to we'll get to some of that later where we talk about how that can kind of get over some of what would be commonly be seen as the shortcomings which which would maybe put people off at first but, uh as far as the series goes i think uh from three to four to five are the versions i'm mostly familiar with mm-hmm. uh it's been generally iterative uh it's mm-hmm. it's it's still very the the core is still there so much so that when i was reading up for the show i was going back to forum posts that were talking about you know uh Dominions three and they still very much applied in the grand scheme as far as what the strategy of of even some civilizations that have been along for the ride this whole time could still be there's uh, no question John,
2: about that but 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 let me okay. just point out to you that the game has changed pretty significantly in in some ways that make previous strategies sort of much less powerful and the way the the fundamental character of the game changes. So yeah. um I just want to put that out there we can discuss that later.
0: Sure. Um now Jonathan, you're a big fan of the series or at least you came in you came in at I think 4. Uh, yeah with, I did okay that's about where I came into it too um, as far as so people who are maybe familiar with the series uh, what do you see is uh, the fifth game bringing to the table as far as new features or, or different gameplay
3: the, the biggest one for me was this change from so Dominions has the combat system um, when two armies fight you don't have direct control of them they sort of follow this scripted programming you've given them um, and so when two armies go to fight in the past it was turn-based. They would sort of, I go, you go with each other. Instead, that auto-resolving combat is now real-time, and that is such a huge change, at least for me, mm-hmm. because I now understand much better what's going on and how things are moving. It's much more, feels much more dynamic, a little less stilted than it used to. Mm-hmm. It it greatly changes my level of investment in the game's events as they're happening, um, whereas previously... I had a lot more interest in just like, oh, what's this fascinating lore that I'm discovering as I'm playing and these weird descriptions, of these strange mythological creatures that I'm reading. Um, that was the huge change for me for Dominion's five.
0: Yeah, that was a big one. And I think you're right. That really does help with engagement because uh, the, the way combat plays out is a bit of a content, point of contention. Um, just reading what people have to say about the game, because ultimately you set up your, your squads, you set up your groups, your armies, and then you just sort of let them go And um, really, you don't even have to watch the combat. And if you're in a hurry, you can just get the results and see what happened. Um, But I think for as far as seeing how effective things are for following uh, the heroes or the named units, which I like to do through battle and seeing how they fare, um, you you basically just watch them in a hands-off manner. And even if you see something like, oh boy, we should leave, or this is going poorly, or wow, I really didn't script that right because I said attack and not ranged attack, and now he's hitting someone with his bow... Mm-hmm. Um you just kind of watch it play out, uh sort of sort of along the way. There's some pretty big changes, I think, in the religion system. Uh part of the the uh the way priests and, and uh religious figures would work is they can bless their sacred units. Uh the blessed system got a pretty significant overhaul, which I really enjoy, meaning that you can there's one more version of of um, customization that you can give for your for your uh your nation as you found them. So uh, there's different schools of magic, and and I don't know how much we want to get into defining all of the different systems in the game um, because that could go on for quite a while because it's a very thick manual. But just being able to, uh, again, tailor when you build your pretender, it, it, uh, it makes it a more fun thing. And I don't know about everybody else, but um, I think building the pretender is probably the most fun in the game. Um, when you start up the game, you get to design this deity, right? So uh, early on, I referred to Troy rightfully as the Pantocrator, which is the uh, the central godhead, which has Bruce. Did he flee Dominion? Did it did it just go away from Dominion? The point he's is, not, the Panta- he, he's gone. Okay, the Pant he, he, he it's it's unknown. No, unknown. no one
2: knows why the Pantocrator is is not there. Okay. So in the void so if, if, of the panticrator's absence, but if you find that out, I mean you yeah. could probably apply to
0: get some grant funding to try to to try to do some research into that. I will tap you after this to find out which groups can provide that funding. But in the absence of this pantocrator, the central figure, uh, you design a pretender god. Uh, this is going to be a demigod or a particularly powerful sorcerer uh, who is attempting to take that place to fill in that gap. Uh, so. Designing that is part of is a fairly critical part, um, and it kind of front loads the decisions in the game uh, which which kind of begs having experience going into it uh, but designing that uh, designing that that uh, god figure is like I said it's probably one of the most fun things I have in the game. I sometimes I'll just do it and not use them. I just kind of keep a little folder full of my various pretenders yeah so
2: i I think that uh what you're doing is is again you're exploring the game space uh which I think is just so um, it's just so detailed and that's exactly what we as gamers look for um I, I want to just throw out there for for people who are listening who may have never played the game you should really the the, the manual is available for free download um you know it's you don't have to buy the game to read the manual um I would go to the first couple pages and just read not what I wrote but read what um, the developers wrote about they do a little cut it's like a three four page short history of dominions they talk about all their influences and everything in there and why you know what they were trying to uh, to achieve and, and why they why they even made the game the way they did which I think is important because you know, as, as you mentioned Michael, that there's some controversy about you know the way things play out and why they are a certain way and why they can't be a different way and when you read the uh, when you read the sort of history of dominions uh, according to the developers, you know how they developed it and why it, it, become, it quickly becomes clear you know why the, the game works the way it does and why it's not going to work in a different way
0: Yeah yeah and I think the manual is a great read for anyone. Um, I think this is a good game to learn by seeing i think there's some great let's plays out there um mm-hmm, for the series there's a channel daz tactic he had a, a let's play up i think before the game while well, the game was still in beta well, daz definitely tactic, check.
2: yeah daz tactic was the uh was 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 sort of um uh hired to do the uh do the what do you call it uh, sort of tutorial rather than having yeah. a printed tutorial we've moved into the into the 20th century and, and now have video tutorials
0: yeah it is brilliant um mm-hmm. i think it's a, it's a great way to do it um, but you definitely check him out as tactic. I'll put a link at the notes at the bottom of the podcast. Yep. Perfect. But, um, yeah, the series is good. The series is, is, has moved on to number five. Uh, uh, Jonathan, did you find you particularly enjoy this iteration of it?
3: I do. I, I really love this sort of new customizable bless system. Um, where I think a great thing about dominions is that it has these fascinating, interesting, rich civilizations that you get to choose. You're like, Oh, I'm going to play one of these, I think it's 50 some different factions spread across the three. Yeah, they're ages. over 80. They're over 80. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, again, every time I sort of dig into the scope of this game, it surprises me more and more. You pick one of these, and then afterwards, you get to choose who this pretender god is. You get to choose your sort of embodiment. What your influence and what your personal spin on that nation is going to be, so you might pick like the Roman influenced faction um and then decide, oh, but this Roman influenced faction, you know, I could go with the standard sort of zeus like god, but instead i'm going to say that their God is this horrifying underworld hound with a mane of snakes, and his blessings are going to be about making his the sacred knights of this faction more like the living dead. And that's, that's, like a, that's a personal investment that you get to make. You get to shape the lore as you interact with the game. And that, is, that, that for me is the huge, that was the huge first step. When I started playing Dominions 4, I was like, I'm very intimidated. This is incredibly complicated. But then I got to see all the building blocks and all the pieces I got. And Dominions 5 has let you even further say, oh, this is exactly the powers that my sacred units are going to get when they're blessed by priests.
0: Yeah, and I guess uh so let, let's talk about the catch. Um and Troy I I want to get your take on this because uh as I mentioned earlier this is kind of a cult favorite, right? This is not a civilization sized franchise. Uh it, it's 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 a it, a cult an a cult favorite in gaming usually just means that people don't like the graphics. Uh so we have this game which is incredibly deep it has a superlative uh, narrative that you get to build on your own. There's 80 different factions to choose from that you can customize. But the thing that tends, people tend to bounce off of is uh, that the interface, which has made some great strides in the fifth one, is still challenging to some people. The graphics are uh, sprite-based um, with very limited animation against um, you know kind of a rough 3D background. Um, it takes a little bit of getting into so, having said that, troy what we, we've gone over a bunch of it, but why do people like this game so much, and why and why are they willing to put up with uh, what some people can't get past in terms of? Uh, graphical fidelity. I mean,
1: if you're the kind of person that likes this game, you you'll like this kind of game. That's what it comes down to. I mean, the, the well, that's the a tautology issue. if I ever heard one. It is, but that's kind of how it is. I mean, the, the visuals are. I'm not gonna. They, the visuals and the UI stuff is an issue uh, for a lot of people, and it's necessary and it, it should be. I mean, I'm not gonna begrudge two guys working part time or. Improving their magnum opus bit by bit into something that is quite glorious and it is still quite glorious. But, you know, every time I start a new Dominion's game, I forget what, does the, what is the right mouse button for again? How yeah. does move work? Yeah. Why doesn't right Why not the right mouse button move? I, I select and I have to use the left button, but then I misclick and I end up cancelling a move. So there are certainly some UI issues with it. Uh, but why do people love it? It is because of you cannot because you can't study it all because it is impossible to learn everything that's going on in this game. Uh, you, you are, there because there are eighty different uh factions and some of them care some of them have an early phase and a middle phase and a late phase and they're all very very different like uh, you play an early age game of dominions four or five or even in the early the earlier ones you'll have a game with a lot there's magics much more common you rely heavily on spells your melee weapons are going to be kind of crap but you know you're just throwing a bunch of guys out there and your mages are you know breaking the rules of the universe Uh, you get the late ages where you're much more solid armies. You, there are steel weapons. It's, you know, mass industrialized warfare of the middle ages types, but the magic that is there is very, very powerful because it's stuck around and a really good spell. If you could put the time into it, into learning magic, you can turn the tide of a battle with it. It's not as common, but it's still very, very powerful and worth investing in. Those are very different types of strategies with very very different types of factions within the same rule set, and to explore these, to take the 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 Aramor, for example, those are the undead guys, right? They're like the undead soldiers in the Middle Age, and I don't know how I ran into a. There's not enough food for your skeletons in this province. I'm not sure why <laughs> that became an issue. Yeah, there's a hundred units there, but they're all undead. What do they need to eat? Um, because they have no problem walking through the water. Uh, but you know you can the, the ability say, so, oh, I'm I'm running out of i I'm running out of soldiers. What do I do? I just raise some more. So you have your you don't recruit, you do recruit, but you you just raise some souls, you count your corpses. That's a very different strategy from the the, the lizard people with no vowels who do exist, the satis mm-hmm. and it's uh I'm gonna summon some crocodiles and you get just to bolster your army, you're running out of Recruitment points, you can't build your army big enough because you have enough, don't have enough command points or recruitment points, but there's a bunch of... It's a loser army coming in. You summon some lizards, some crocodiles, anything to stop the invasion. And that's a very different tactic. Um, it's more of a defensive strategy just to fill your army. But it's quite nice and interesting. And you... Uh, does your army use poison? Is it... Are you a nature god with big on poison and curses... Or are you a fire god? Or do you go on blood hunts and then try to stamp down the unrest with an iron fist? There's, there are consistent tactics, but the strategy is very different depending on the nation you're playing, depending on what magic sites are available. In the early ages, there are a lot more magic sites lying around. There are gems um, as the ages progress. If you choose a, a later age game, even a middle age game you might not find very many magic sites. You might find two or three extra ones uh, around your starting province. And that really limits what you can do. It forces you to... You may. You might think, oh, I built this great big fire god, but you're surrounded by all these nature gems. So now you've got to decide, okay, am I going to work towards that? Work to the fact that I have nature magic around me? Or am I going to say, to help with that, I'm going to focus on what... I I can't invest in learning nature magic right now. I don't have the time for it. That's not what my god is built for. My god is built for towering pillars of flame. So I have to find a way to work with that Um, and just ration my resources differently. It is a game that requires... It, it's a difficult game to get into. I think that's one. And some, people, some people, some people, it's the graphics. For some people, it's the whole fact. Well, how do all of these? How does all the magic work together? How does the recruitment work? Um, there, it is a complicated set of systems that aren't always explained very clearly in the game. Bruce's manuals have been excellent, and I highly, highly recommend them. Um, and that's kind of why this has not really broken out. Though I don't think they, I don't think Elwinder wants it to really regulate. I'm sure they would love for it to sell 500,000 copies, but that would probably make them think they have to do more uh, with it. And I'm not sure that's kind of what, I think they're kind of happy selling their, what, 20,000, 50,000, if that, um, a year and creating this really tight, little, well, not tight, this... And it's not little. It's not little. This yarn, this ball of yarn, it's not... It's not tightly wound. It's kind of spread out. Um, Maybe you follow. Maybe there's maybe there's a minotaur at the end of it if you follow it all the way. Uh, But it is a twisty mess of threads that is. But it's a nice warm scarf to carry. That analogy a bit too far. Uh, I, I just I love how it forces you to learn new things how it encourages experimentation i mean you mentioned the whole demigod crafting i mean it's kind of like those people who would spend who would remake their party in ice dale over and over and over again because that was the best part of the game yeah you know trying all the different uh attributes and yeah i, I have demigods i've experimented with you know let's create the rock i will be the pillar i'll be the monolith i, I love, love being the monolith
0: move. i love being a fountain and, of blood <laughs> and
1: yeah and you're not able to move which is can be bad for a demigod because you're kind of also your most powerful unit, your most powerful general. But there are bonuses to, if you give up the ability to move, you can invest your society and your magic in something else. Um, and that's, that's kind of special, how much variety and option there is. It's a cult classic because of customization, and people who love customization and variety and aren't afraid of a UI that is still, that is, is much better, uh, but still leads to too many clicking the wrong things. Um, yeah, I, I understand why people love it. Um, I, I'm not sure I love it. I, I do like it a lot. I really, really, I put so many hours into it this weekend. Um, and it's just been a great fun, you know, l- sending my scouts around. It's also about information. Uh, we should also mention, you know, how important scouting is getting some scout units, trying to find out where your enemy is. It's not purely 4X, but it is war gamey enough that you need to find out where your enemy is. So you send your scouts uh, to find out where things are and pro- where's the best avenue of expansion. Um, a lot of games are about just conquest. This isn't. You can win without conquering all the provinces because the important thing is you have, you're have you the god people worship. Your dominion of worship is everywhere. So you don't need to capture every province around you. Um, so you send your scouts around to look for weak armies. You will need to find, because you will need to expand uh, to build temples, to get new magic sites and the like. Um, but yeah, the fact you don't have to wipe everyone out, which is good when there's an 80 armies of minotaurs beside you.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Dominion, Troy, because I think the effects of the Dominion and the effects of the world-changing spells I think that could be one of the hangups because it's one of those games where you kind of have to make your own fun. Uh, you have to kind of use your imagination to fill in the gaps that the interface can't really uh, portray. So your, the Dominion, uh, when you start up the game, you decide the dominion of of your god. So in the areas where your god is worshipped uh, and your own mythology is present... Um, your area will have certain characteristics. Uh, it could be a land of 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 plenty. It could be a place that is fertile and rich uh, in supplies and things like that. It could be uh, an, an area of chaos. So as your as your dominion spreads, you know people turn on each other. There's more fighting. But none of these things really get portrayed visually. None of these things really get uh, portrayed except for you know, various bonuses and malices. Um, You could cast large world-building, world-changing spells where the entire world is plunged into darkness. This... Doesn't really get portrayed. Uh, you can cast domes of fire that cover up certain provinces, uh, but again, it doesn't get portrayed. And even the spells in the game, um, you sort of have to pretend they're a bit more grandiose than the graphics. I mean, if you think of if you think of like the opposite end of the curve, like like a Final Fantasy type summon spell where the screen starts spinning and there's particle effects everywhere and things are exploding and then like a little squirrel hops out. The opposite end of that is this game, <laughs> where you know, you've just rendered somebody inside out and all that happens is a really terrible sound effects goes, uh and then, you know, they disappear from the screen, which I, and this is the only last nitpick I'll, I'll give on this is uh it winter call me. Let's work on sound effects. Like I'll do it. I'll put it out as a mod pack. We'll do something, but these, these sound effects, we got to do something about. Yeah. Um, you're not, put, a,
3: you're not a fan of main ad death scream. Wave. One of the <laughs> greatest sounds effects in all of gaming,
0: the female screaming sound. The, ha! is, is <laughs> it's 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 hard sometimes yeah. um, we, we can work on it but okay. um, <laughs> I know you, you, they're serviceable they're fine they do the job um, but again I think that you have to sort of fill in the the grandiose visions of this mythology with what is uh, graphically sort of given back uh, to the user um, Bruce yeah. do you have thoughts on that oh I had tons of thoughts but you oh know. Go, ahead. go ahead go nuts no, Bruce. No, no, we haven't no. had I mean, you I, here I, had I, in a long time yeah, I I
2: mean I I don't I I totally hear everything you're saying, but I just don't feel that way about it because first of all, I love all the sprites. Like every single sprite that that uh, Christopher makes to me is just so evocative and it's almost better. Like I some people do more um I know what you would call it. More detailed, sort of higher res uh uh, sprites for, because you can do, you can mod dominions till the cows come home. One of the things that they, they sort of did from the very beginning was make the game very moddable. So, you know, you could, if you want to do like a Lord of the Rings dominions and, and and change all the units and change the map and play on Middle-earth, I mean, I think they've, they've done stuff like that, uh, uh, users have. But every single one of those is just perfect. I just remember the Knights of Man, like when they're the first uh, I first played Dominions two, and then you know you've got these Knights, and then you've got the Knights of Avalon, which are like they ride white horses, and the and the and the the sprite is just different, and it, it, it's it's just an evocative thing. And the thing that I really appreciate about the game, and I think this is something that that you just don't get with games that are made. I don't want to sound like some sort of terrible like like anti-capitalist because that's the last thing I am but but it, when you when you make games because you're just somebody who loves creating and gaming and you 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 naturally sort of come up with these things that resonate with people right I mean so there's a story that I wrote up uh, in an article uh years ago which you know one of the first things that I did uh you know when i first played dominions 2 i was like you know reading all the descriptions of all the spells and things and they would say things you know this this spell will you know will cause uh the province to become cold which makes it makes it makes it difficult for you know cold-blooded creatures like what does that mean what what do you mean a cold it's gonna be where's it where's the cold how much cold is it what are those cold-blooded creatures what's what's the actual effect do they move slow i mean i wanted everything to be sort of you know, codified and and the first thing that I did with the reason I got so far on the manual, the first manual, was that I was just trying. I was just asking them questions like, "What does this spell do? What does it actually do? Like, how how much damage does this fireball do? You know, what's the range of this fire? You know, all this stuff." And so I was going through the game, <clears throat> and I came up against this uh this spell called Claws of cockatus and, and uh, cockatus is, is a is a is a uh, one of the planes of hell. It's a, it's a, it's it's from mythology. It's not they didn't invent it, but they they just that's another thing they do. I think I mentioned before is they just in in they they bring they in, incorporate mythology so well into their into their games. It just it's seamless. It's almost like they take ownership of it, uh, which is a very hard thing to do with stuff that you know it's been around for for uh, thousands of years. But um, they have this spell called claws of cockatrice, and what it says is that um, the spell will send. A, this is the description. The spell will send the target uh, to the plane of Cockatose, which is almost certain death for most mortals. That's that's the end. So so <laughs> you're reading it and you're like, huh? Okay. Well, uh, I guess that means that it's an insta kill spell, right? So it's just like you're you're talking about. Um, you know, having to, in, to having to include your you know to, to your imagination needs to fill in a lot of gaps. So you're like, okay, fine, yeah, it's okay. So so fine, he's going to the he's going to us, but the, but bottom line is that he's dead, right? I mean, that's the whole point. Well, then I ran up against this book. It's one of the magic items, and you can create forge these magic items uh, in the game. And one of them is the tomb. Uh, sorry, the tome of the lower planes, and the tome of the lower planes. Uh, helps you navigate the lower planes. It just says something, I like, can't remember what it says, but it says something very, very vague about how, you know, you can navigate the lower planes. And so as I was writing up the, the descriptions for these items and for one of the, for, I think, for Domains Theory, I was like, well, I was asking Johan, Johan, what do you mean it, it helps you uh, navigate the planes? And, and Johan's like, well, it gives you a small chance of, of coming back from Cockatose. I'm like, what? Hmm. I I didn't even know, I mean, so you're saying that you can go to Kakatos, and there's some chance you're going to make it back? He's like, yeah, and and then also, then what I realized was that when it's almost certain death for most mortals, that means it's not certain, because it's almost certain. So there must be some small chance that you don't go to Kakatos, and if you do, you may survive, and... The, here's the key point. You know, there's a class of of, of beings called immortals, right? You can have a, mm-hmm. the, the characteristic immortal. Well, immortals are immune to the claws of Cacatus. For most mortals, right? Ah. So the point is that the spell, just through all these like little sort of clues, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on that you don't really even know about, right? You have to sort of—it's almost like you have to do like this sort of like archaeology within the within the game descriptions to figure out what um what history and what mechanics that Johan and Christopher have sort of baked into the game and that's the part that I think you can't duplicate unless you just have this all this stuff in your head and you just put it into the game and that's why I feel that you know now I'm sort of backing off a little bit from this from the wanting to be encyclopedic because I kind of want more of those surprises I want weird things that I didn't realize were true, but they're true in the game, um, and I think that that is one of the things that that people. If you like this, like Troy said, if you like this kind of game, you're going to like this kind of game. Uh, if you like this sort of imaginative exploration in this almost infinite space, then you're going to love the game because. There are all these different things, and and one of the one of the, the key points about the game is that because there are so many effects, you can find synergistic effects. Um, it, it it's it's really it's really satisfying to figure out that this unit, if you add this spell or this piece of armor or this effect, it makes it so much more um so much more effective. Because ultimately, the game is a war game. This is really this is really a simultaneous move limited information war game and what makes things effective is you know how effective they are in combat and if you want to you know kit out your uh you know your bane lord with you know a soul-stealing blade and some you know ice armor and uh, i do yeah then i mean that's that's a really powerful unit that you've created by doing this stuff right it's not just that you summon some some unit but you through your understanding of the game mechanics made it significantly better than uh than it would be in its vanilla sort of state um so i think there's a lot of of sort of investigation like this to the game that uh people just love people love i I look at this the um forums and people are just posting all sorts of different uh i don't know what you'd call it just investigations like hey you know what if you take this unit and, and, and put this bless on them. They're like, oh, that's pretty good, but you can counter it with this and this, right? It's just, it's so much um, so much world building that they've provided that you can't really, it's a very hard, it's, I don't want to call it fake that because I know other game companies aren't faking, but this is just, this is organic world building that these guys, uh, who I, I guess have been friends for, you know, years and year, decades, uh, sort of, and they played, Tabletop games together, and we're like, well, you know, we'd like, let's make a game we can that is like this tabletop game, but let's use the computer and try to make it super detailed and complex and, and put the things in that we like. And then over, I mean, you can't compete if you're a, a commercial company, you can't compete with, with two really intelligent, creative guys that have been thinking about their world
0: for 25 years. I mean, the end. no, absolutely not. This game is the definition of genuine. Um, it is charmingly unapologetic about it is what it is mm-hmm. um and i think that's worth a lot i mean that's worth any compromise that you have to make for graphics or sound or anything because th- there's just nothing else like it um a brief aside this is a bit of a callback and uh if you support three moves ahead on patreon you can get access to the Q and A episodes where we discussed dominions a little while back but we were discussing the game briefly uh when i was first getting into it and i had brought up a comparison to um steven erickson's fiction series Mal- mm-hmm. malazan book of the fallen yeah which sort of has the same um the same general feeling of you know what don't get hung up on too many of the details or the tables or how magic works or which cultures are which like just just roll with it just let this sort of just embrace the sort of chaotic melange of different uh of different uh, magic types and characterizations and just just sort of just roll with it it's sort of it's there are people who min-max the game to, to high hell, especially people in the multiplayer community. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one of the few games I play where I purposefully maybe don't want to min-max. Hmm. I'm more about the kind of single-player role-playing fun of having, you know, this certain commander that I've kitted out and means more to me than he's probably worth. Or even certain provinces that I've decided need to be part of my uh, part of my empire. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more fun to me that way. Um as far as getting into the game, real quick, I wanted to ask, has, has anyone played the other major Illwinter series, Conquest of Elysium? I played some of it. Yeah, I okay. played it. Absolutely. Sure.
1: Yeah, we did a show on it for a while back. It was many, a, many, it, was many, it was many, many moons ago. Many years ago, yes. Yes.
0: Um, so, I I've kind of likened that if, if Dominions is the, the macro... Uh, yeah, the macroeconomic scale. Uh, Conquest of Elysium is sort of microeconomics in the Dominions world. Um, you have a a single main commander, but not really on the, domin- the the, the, pretender scale. Uh, but you, you go around in the same universe, you fight with smaller numbers of units, uh, and more limited engagements. Um, I personally found it a good stepping stone to get into dominions, uh, cause I kind of found myself wanting more out of it. Would you guys say the same is true? Would you recommend people trying that out first to sort of see if they get a feel for, if this is something they'd like, or would you rather just have them jump into Dominions and maybe backtrack if they like a smaller, more intimate experience. I'd tell them to jump right, I'd
3: tell them to jump right into Dominions, um, because at least for me, Conquest of Elysium is a less forgiving game.
2: Mm -hmm. It's much less forgiving. And I absolutely agree with you. Uh, Just, if you want to try, if you want to try out Dominions, Conquest of Elysium is almost like a, uh, gosh, what do you call it? It's like a four X roguelike. I don't know how to put put it. It's um I,
3: that's a an excellent descriptive term.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's um it it's really you're playing an expansion strategy game over a world that you explore, but then you can be catastrophically just killed um by a man. By a moose, yes. Yes, exactly. By a moose. Um it's v- yeah, it's very unforgiving and it I think it'd be frustrating actually to some people. The things that I like about Dominions are not necessarily in Conquest of Elysium. Conquest of Elysium to me feels more like uh an early um Gosh, it's like an early computer game where you it's almost like, you know what it reminds me of? Kind of like a Seven Cities of Gold deal where you go out and you explore and you can get killed. Um and it's about sort of surviving in this hostile world that you've been uh thrown into. Um Dominion's is more of a of the world itself kind of revealing its history and and you being able to sort of immerse yourself in your in your civilization because being able to build your pretender and, and, and customize your pretender i think does a lot uh to keep you in the um uh in the game uh in terms of like making you i guess keep you in the game but make you invested in the particular variant of of the world they've built at the time you know with every game that you play um so yeah i think conquest of elysium is not necessarily uh it's not dominion's light it's it's a different Mm -hmm. game
1: yeah i mean it'd be like saying uh do you like Europa? you're not sure if you like Europa universalis here's a game about moving merchants in in in, in and out of trade nodes if you like that then you'll like Europa universalis Hmm. the two are just so different from each other Mm -hmm. that's the Um, only part i don't like yeah and the, the the things that are really good about dominions aren't in Conquest of Elysium, the, yeah. the, the, the the army creation, yeah, th- that's okay, that that's fine. They're moving things around and mm-hmm. seeing the battles play out, that's great. But that's not the fun part of Dominions. I mean, yes, you have all the nations, but they're not quite, it's not the same if you can't, you know, find a way to create them in a way. Because when you create your pretender, in many ways you're shaping also the nation you choose, what comes with its own... Uh, preferences, uh, and designs. So, no, are two are just so different from each other. They're just jump right into Dominions. Uh, Conquest of Elysium is, yeah, I, I would go the other way. If you, if you want a shorter Dominions light experience, then play, um, then play Conquest of Elysium, but otherwise Dominions is the, Dominions is the draw. It's the, it's the difference between, between baseball and, and batting practice.
0: <laughs> there you go. And I do love right. baseball. Yeah. Um
1: baseball is fantastic
0: yeah. and but but similar to to being two separate games it has been said uh in various and sundry places that the real game is multiplayer um uh-huh. that the real way to experience the depth and the strategy of the game um is to play other people rather than the AI. I have had some experience doing this, but I'm curious to see what your guys' experience was um, with playing a. Well, first of all, truly playing a play-by-email game, like I have to email files back and forth, which this this that that age was a little bit before my time. So for me, this was this was interesting. But uh, what what about the assertion that the real game lies in multiplayer?
1: People always say that, and they're usually right. Um, I think I've I not play. I think I played Dominions. Three, some multiplayer, uh, not a lot of four, and I haven't played any multiplayer in five. Um, and yeah, I mean, play by email is the old man way to do things, but it's probably the best way that they can make this thing work. Uh, it, it is Dominions, in general, when I've played at multiplayer, is a really good uh, multiplayer game. Um, humans are much you'll see a much more creative, I think, mix of nations. Humans are very uh, like to be creative. They're a little more randomness, a little more personality, I think. Um, I haven't seen... It's so hard to judge the Dominion's AI because, again, there are so many different factions and things you're up against. Um, Is this a bad AI or is this just a nation I'm good against? Because another good thing about Dominion's 5 and Dominion's in general is that it makes no pretense to say oh this is a very finely balanced 80 factions now these are 80 factions some of which do not play well with others Mm -hmm. um so the idea of balance is out the window so uh, but a human player might actually be able to make that work uh can take something that looks imbalanced and fix it whereas the ai might not be able to um i would love to get 80 minions 5 multiplayer game going but you know Play by email is one of those things that tends to drop out pretty pretty easily uh, with players. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'm playing in one now. Oh, of course you are.
2: (laughs) There's um, there. What what is great about it is that it's um. There's this there's this uh, the community the the dominions community is really very much like like any uh, sort of cult game community, only more so. Um, I feel like it uh, it um, it fills in the gaps that you need it to fill in. So for example, um, there's a server called Llama Server. You can actually just check it out. It's called llamaserver.net. And um, it automates all of the, uh, the email stuff. So Basically, what you do is you make a pretender, and then you send it to... Somebody sets up a game, and then you email your pretender to uh, pretenders at llamaserver.net, and then it figures out which game you're playing, and then you just send turns to uh, that to turns at Lama server, and then uh, the llama server will send you your turn back, and then you just get the email, and you copy it into your folder, and you start the game. Um, you can also play um, by logging into a server, but uh, I think in these days there's some some concerns about security. So that's not done as much, but, uh, but, um, it is a, uh, it it is a very, uh, robust and doable way to play a game. And it's, it's absolutely unforgiving and people will clean your clock. I mean, you really have to there, the game, like I said, uh, or like, actually like Troy said, just pointed out was, um, it's not balanced because the world wasn't balanced back then. Right, I mean, some yeah. of the some of the empires fell because they were weaker than the other empires. So that's just how it is. Um, so yeah, you figure it out.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Um, I like that this is a game where a lot of the uh, depth of enjoyment isn't dependent on the multiplayer, but the strategic depth of the game. You might be inclined to think that it's not there, but once you start playing the multiplayer, you see the incredible combinations of people to put together with all the little pieces in this game, um, to make some incredibly bizarre and amazing
0: strategies. I'm always impressed with how far people are willing to go with the scales as far as the dominion. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm always terrified. Like they're just like, Oh yeah, this, this much chaos and disorder and this much turmoil and, mm-hmm. and take away everything in, in your, mm-hmm. in your, uh, product productivity. And I'm like, no, I'm like one, maybe two, one way or the mm-hmm. other. It's, mm-hmm. it's very upsetting to me. Um, but it, for the community, which is strong, um, there's mm-hmm. lots of players who like to do it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but for now, because this used to be... The home of this used to be on Desura, uh, mm-hmm. the the gaming platform which is now defunct. Mm-hmm. It almost feels to me like this is a bit of a game without a home. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I believe the official official with a capital O place is that they represent and put patch notes and do things is on the steam forums. Mm-hmm. But the less time I spend on the team steam forums, the better because right. they're awful. Right. I know there's a, a small but mighty group over at the quarter to three forums. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a great ongoing thread there. Um, and then after that, it's sort of spread to the, to the, to the, to the four winds. Where, where do you guys see as, where is the community? Oh, gosh. Um, good question.
1: I, I, I don't read forums anymore, so I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, the answer, I mean, if you want the answer from my standpoint, there are a couple boards. There's one, the In InVision forums, I think. Yep, um, that's one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, they used to, when it was published by Shrapnel, they actually, the Shrapnel boards were very robust, and they had a lot of information. But, uh, but that's not the case anymore, and... Uh, there's there was there was Dom three minions. Um, I don't think that that's as used anymore. Um, I think there's still stuff posted on the shrapnel boards, but I've, the the envision boards are the are the place that I've I've recently seen a lot of uh, a lot of Dominion stuff. I was actually toying with the idea of um, of running my own boards uh, bec- for exactly this reason, um, getting a discourse uh, basically set up and, um, you know, have a, have a bulletin board, but, um, for various server hosting reasons, I would have to, um, I, I would probably have to switch, switch providers. And I just, I, I don't have the, the mental bandwidth or the time to do that right now. So maybe in the future, but, um, it's just, it's just too, uh, it, I just don't have the time to sit down and, and kind of go through all this and make sure that my current website is, is support it and then have, you know, a, I could have a separate forum page and then I have to moderate it because I hate when stupid stuff gets posted. So, um, yeah, it's not, And you have to update the, mod- the forum software
0: and yeah, your databases. Yeah, it's a whole thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, I could do it and have, I could get, I could pay for the, um, you know, I could pay for the software. I could pay for the, for the hosting bandwidth, et cetera, et cetera, but actually having to sit down and make sure the stuff was running would be, uh, I don't. I just don't think it's feasible. I think there would be times when I would be gone for a week, and the you know if the forums down, the forums just down because I don't have time to to deal with it. So,
0: so that's not a that's not a good way to run a forum. I already participate in a forum like that. It's pretty annoying. I'm a big Reddit guy. Even there, unfortunately, it's slightly fragmented because after Dominions four, somebody made a Dominions five subreddit. And then someone said, "No, no, no! We should have a Dominion series subreddit." So there's one of those. And then someone said, "No, no, no! It's actually Illwinter's Dominion subreddit." So I think there's three equally populated subreddits. Oh, why are people so stupid? I it's it's they all have very, very good, good intentions. But yeah, so maybe maybe the listeners can write in and tell us uh, if they know
3: that there's a very active Dominion's Discord. Um, oh, I saw great. that linked from the subreddit. Um, so that actually has, I'm counting. Twelve active games.
0: No, That's it's more good. than that
3: now. Um, and I think you know any of the venerable internet forums. Like I'm sure there's a something awful thread. Um, I bet you can find something like the penny arcade boards. There's definitely small subgroups around that are playing right. this game.
0: But but at that point, you almost need to be a member of the community. Um, you
3: do, and you have to, to be shop part around. of that, right? Yeah,
0: right. This seems like something they would have over at the Dwarf Fortress forums, right over there. That's the, it's the same kind of people i, I yeah th- those people um I, ha- I have to say i've crawled right. out under a I, i've crawled out under a rock to discover discord um it's actually kind of nice i just added a whole bunch of different games and um different platforms and and it's it's, it's a nice little pla- it's a nice little place to discuss things I, I quite like it yeah
2: it's 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 really a little frustrating to not have a place to go um but, yeah, it's just, it's, it, one of the things about the game is that I really enjoy playing it with, you know, people I not necessarily know, because I don't know that I know them, but, you know, people that you interact with in a certain community, and then, like, I, I'm playing a quarter to three game, and I, you know, these are the quarter three guys that play, uh, play Dominions, and we had a, you know, we had a, we had a very robust uh, quarter to three uh, Dominions 2 um uh, group back when you know way back when when you know two thousand and five when we were doing I even, I even ran a server once uh, which was always going down but uh, because of the early internet but um but it's yeah it's, it's 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 a shame that there's not a better way to sort of participate in the. Uh, in the dominions community because i think it could be uh it's very it's very rewarding how how people will will crush you in multiplayer and then be very open about oh yeah well this is what i did and this is how i you know how i put the put my units together and this is this is why this beat your combination very you know like they'll they'll disclose all their secrets as soon as they as soon as they've you know finished the game and it's it's very it's very kind of re, um very friendly you know sort of friendly it's gaming right so it's it's friendly competition
3: yeah, that's been my experience with Dominion's multiplayer is that people will mercilessly destroy you, but if mm-hmm. you ask afterwards, "Hey, mm-hmm. how did you do that?" they'll give you a point by point breakdown oh, yeah. of how they did yeah. it. Cuz I think that a, the people who play Dominion's, they want to see you come back and build something to beat what they just
0: did. Yeah, they, they want to see you do that.
2: Yeah, they want good competition. I think it's I think that's absolutely true.
0: It it's definitely a game that lends itself to theory crafting and uh you know, doing some homework, setting out a build and, and figuring out a strategy. And uh maybe 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 the community issues is is part of the ethos of the game, right? That content is all there, but you you just gotta work for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh so I you know, we're we're close to our time here. I think it's safe to say, well, it's kind of a stacked deck, right? This isn't really a review, this isn't really anything. We all love this game. I love this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um what do you think is next for them, Bruce? What do you what do you think oh, uh, is 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 in is in the pipeline at, at ill winter? Oh, not that I, you have to I, give anything away, but I know
2: I don't I, I don't know anything. I mean they don't they don't okay. um, they don't. Uh, I'm the manual writer, not their I'm not their business manager. But uh, but uh, if you if you look at their manual, it it uh, or look at the manual and the stuff that they sent me, um, they have worked on quite a few different things. You know, and <clears throat> the um, the reason that dominions is the way that it is it, and and people constantly complain like well i want to do the tactical combat myself and like well if you do that you take all the multiplayer out of it because the whole point was that i think that they were uh, they were um like it was either like a like a vga planets was their was their model where you could you know all the combat happen at once and you could send turns back and forth and they had to have an automated system of doing the battles otherwise if you did the battles then every time you had a combat you'd have to do turn by turn and that wouldn't work uh, so that's why the game works the way it does. and, and I seem to, to get this idea from what they've sent out, um, they they sent some pictures which are or some screenshots which are in the Dominions 5 manual of, of a space game that they did. And it has that very sort of ill wintry sort of twist on it, which is that you know, you design ships, but each, ship needs a special kind of factory and so that you know if you're going to build a ship you are have to commit to building that factory and then you know if you want to build a new ship you're going to have to build a factory for that ship and so you have to very carefully plan when you're you know when your tech upgrades happen um and they i mean they didn't release that i don't know if they're gonna they're gonna do anything further with that they do have they did they worked on a roguelike uh, a straight roguelike and they um they also uh have a thing called the who came out of that roguelike is they did what's called the uh, ill winter floor plan generator. So if you want I've to, I've heard uh, of that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. The floor I plan generator. Yeah, you can you can make little floor plans for your or big floor plans or things for your you know for your dungeons for your campaigns. Uh, uh, they generate. They basically took. They they didn't like the way that their rogue like was going, so they just took the the sort of dungeon graphical generator out of the game and made a made a separate thing out of it. Um, so I don't know. I think I, I think what's clear to me is that both Johan and Christopher are very uh, sort of creative and uh, imaginative. And they're imaginative in, in a particular way that all of us gamers are, uh, which is that we want to have this these possibilities, right? There are all these possibilities out there that uh, we can sort of craft to our own designs, but there are limitations to them based on how this world works. And, you know, there are very specific rules to Dominions. I mean, like, you have these spells that can, can basically wipe out the entire world, yet combat is very, very careful that if you're using weapons in each hand, then the longer the weapons are, the harder it is to hit people. Right? And how often are you going to be wielding, dual-wielding weapons in the game? Not very often. But, the fact that you know it's going to be it's gonna it's gonna make a difference whether you're you're fighting with two daggers or two broadswords um that those are those are details that are important to them and I think it's because they're trying to create this this sort of overall world that they're comfortable with the the, the, the comment that I see most often like in the in the beta boards when or the or the development you know there's a de- sort of a development uh forum that uh every time a new dominions comes out the they um we all get together and uh, i mostly just read for things that are going to change from from game to game so i can make sure that the manuals updated but uh, the things that i often see is that you know christopher or Johan will say something like you know we tried this but it didn't feel right and i i feel like it didn't feel right because it didn't work with their concept of what their world sh- how it should be and, and that to me is 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 just wonderful because they have they have a vision they have a concept and, they, and everything's going to fit into it, and if it doesn't, then they're going to tweak it until they feel comfortable, and I feel that they have a really good sense for what imaginatively works, and that's why it resonates with so many people.
0: And I think that's a great summary and a, a good place to leave it. Um, Super. So on the way out, Jonathan, first, any final thoughts, and second, what is your favorite pretender physical form?
3: My, my final thought for Dominions is that if the graphics turn you off, I will. Uh... I will personally defend the beautiful pixel art and effective mm-hmm. shorthand that's used in them to the death. Mm-hmm. Um, there you my go. favorite pretender is, um, wow, that's really hard. I'm going to say that my favorite pretender is the, um, the Baphomet, which is a 60-foot tall head made entirely of fire.
0: <laughs> that's a good choice. That's a good one. Troy, same question.
1: Uh, I don't have any final thoughts. I think I've said everything I need to say. Uh, it's a good dominions is a good series. Dominion five I think is uh, the manual's excellent. The UI is improved slightly. Um, the art is fine. Well, it's not fine. It's serviceable. Um, and I like the, I like the lion. I like being a lion. You know, the the the, 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 the Aslan of the undead. You know, Aslan just, of the
0: undead. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Excellent. And Bruce, what about you? I think you mentioned one of my favorite uh, pretenders, which is the uh, the stone, the monolith, monolith, or the, yeah. or the fountain of blood. The, the immobile pretenders <laughs> are great. They're just like, what's your deity? Ah, it's just, it's this fountain of blood.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I'm also fond of the uh, the large fiery symbol that's just written on a wall. Oh yeah. And I uh, what that's called?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a, yeah, it's a good one.
0: And uh, the demi lich, which is just like a, the tiniest little pile of bones. <laughs> uh, that should strike fear to the hearts of your enemies, um, but anyway, thanks to all of you for uh, for coming onto the show. Uh, the manual will be available in print soon. Is that correct, Bruce?
2: Yeah, it's going to be so. The manual is
0: uh, is available for download in two parts. Yeah, it's always free, yeah. and there will be
2: a a full manual with uh, both parts sort of combined. Uh, that will be available for uh, print-on-demand on Lulu, uh, and that is available just at cost. I mean, it'll cost you like 10 we, we Nobody makes any money off that except for Lulu. Um, winner doesn't make any money. I don't make any money. It's just uh, we, we provide that print-on-demand thing because it's just nice to have a big, thick manual. So
0: that's yeah, what Yeah, absolutely. How, yep. I think my black-and-white copy of Dominions 4 was maybe $8. $8. Yeah, um, yeah so well, it'll be something like that, yeah. Well worth it. Uh, Dominions is available on Steam. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but... Um, I believe that's it for now uh so uh thank you all again for coming if you the listener would like to support our show uh feel free to head by patreon.com slash 3ma to uh kick us a few bucks they have since rescinded their goofy plan Mm -hmm. to put the fees on somebody else which is great i think everybody lost a little bit there but uh you know what it's okay we have we have stalwart fans we were we barely saw a dent because you all are great um and i'm glad you tune in to listen to the show Three Moves Ahead is produced by me, and uh, we're hosted on the Idle Thumbed Network. If you go to the forums, feel free to tell us where the robust community is or where you think we should go, or maybe don't because you want to keep it to yourself and Mm. don't want a bunch of normies coming in. (laughs) Uh, I I guess both are good. So uh, with that, on behalf of Jonathan Boulding, Dr. Bruce Garrick, and Troy Goedfellow, this is Michael Hermes saying goodnight.